Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Hope you enjoyed the first two rounds of the tourney. A lot of free agency and pro football going down. I hope it was a grand weekend where you are. I had a mixed bag of things. The sports gods have delivered me a real mess. My boy, my younger boy, is uh, is now a baseball player. He's in Little League now at age eight. And uh, that's cool. But of all the teams on the planet Earth for him to be given, he's now a Yankee. So I gave him the number 66 on his back to try and balance things out. Anyway, it's going to be a headache going forward. Um, hope all's well wherever you are. Hope your brackets are still standing. Mine have been burned to the ground and then uh, burned once again. And then somebody poured gasoline on them and then burned them one more time. Dark stuff. Listen, let's talk about all of it. One of our favorite gamblers, one of our favorite pro football players. He's a Shecky Award winner. He is an L.A. native who went to Oregon, but I expect is going to tell us he's back to rooting for the UCLA Bruins now because he loves the Pac-12, which is burning to the ground itself. And soon the UCLA Bruins are going to be in the Big Ten, which means he won't root for them anymore because they're not in the Pac-12, but maybe there won't be a Pac-12 at all. And maybe Oregon will be in the Big Ten and then he'll root for UCLA once again. He is the host of jeff schwartz is smarter than you guess what his name is it's jeff schwartz what's the poop fella how are you you nailed that actually pretty correctly yeah yeah if you, when you say goes to the big 10 i will disown them and then if Oregon goes to the big 10 i'll like them again it's the way it happens to work it's the way life works sometimes you get screwed by one school and don't worry i'll still hate usc no matter what happens so the, okay, they're, they're, yeah um it's good um my kids their little league teams are not um, major league teams. They're the sponsors. So we've thought about my wife and I sponsoring a little league team. We just have my logo of my podcast on the <laughs> little league That's shirt great. because like, it just says like the logo of whoever the sponsor is on the shirt. Um, Wait so a like, minute. spaghetti, yeah. we got to do yeah. that. We got to get the minus three guy on, uh, on Jeff Schwartz's kids hats. That no, no, would be no, the- no, 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 that the hat, the hat is the little league. So it says MP Myers park. Little league is the hat is the color of the Jersey. The Jersey has, unless it's like my kid in Alex is in kid pitch. Now maybe it's different in kid pitch, but like my daughter's in machine pitch again, it's the logo, like whatever the, whoever the sponsor is front of her shirt um, and, uh, my son gets his Jersey on Tuesday, so maybe his will be different, but yeah, no, when I was a kid, it was little league. Like I'm a giants fan. I was a, on the Dodgers one year. I had to have a picture of myself wearing like a, a Dodger uniform because I was on the little league Dodgers team. Um, and when I got to Charlotte, I was surprised we didn't do that either here, but it looks like it's all sponsors for now. Um, so maybe I'll do that next. It's like a thousand bucks. It'd be pretty funny if some like kids had to wear my logo on their shirt for an entire year. That is hysterical. I love that idea. Maybe it could be you and your flip flops as you as you favor when you are. Yeah, well, downtime. Well, well, that sounds like a great idea. I wore them yeah. this morning to Pilates. It was great. Good for you. Um, yeah, I, I, it's an interesting subject that we'll dig into um, at some point this summer because that's perfect talk for uh, for baseball and summertime and all that. Little League team names. I was on my T ball team was the Rams. And the worst color scheme in history, it was red and brown. It was the, what the hell? And Rams, it was terrible. 
I also, though, and then I was on the Giants, which you would have liked and yeah. had the appropriate colors, the black and the orange. Yeah. But then I was on the Rockets, and we, which isn't baseball related, obviously. And it was Kelly green and gold. And I didn't love that. And now I look at my kid and he's on the Yankees in Los Angeles. And my other son in flag football has been on the Texans in Los Angeles on the Texans. Why, why would you do that? And he's also been on the Steelers, which is cool, but it really doesn't apply. In it doesn't make California. no sense. It makes, makes no, no sense. sense. Yeah. Um, but then I think the worst crime and on some level is in Los Angeles, there is a team in his league called the Dodgers, which seems unfair to everybody else. And you, Correct. ironically, yeah. are an Angelino kid, and you hated being on Correct. the Dodgers. Don't even yes. open that can of yeah. no I, I was, I think, team. I think I was on, like, the Cardinals one year, the Mets one year, the Dodgers. The I was for sure on the Angels. I remember as a 13-year-old. Yeah, so it was that's and you wore, like, the Angels uniform. I, I don't know if the IP maybe in North Carolina, you can't get the IP for the <laughs> the Major League logos or not. But, yeah, we don't we don't do that here. For some reason, I think it's more fun than wearing the logo of like the sponsor on your jersey. I don't know. Um, but the the team names though, the kids just came up with them. So like, I think my daughter's team name is like I don't even know what they, they just make them up. Whatever the they Elsa's? are. Well, one the basketball team was like the Moanas, the, the Sparkles, or something. It was on the girls' basketball. Like they were like <laughs> that's that's what my older daughter <laughs> wanted the name. Uh, our little, our our baby daughter, when she would, but when she was uh, still, um, when she was still just a fetus. She's like, let's name her Sparkle. <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think that's gonna work out. Emerald Jewel. She wanted that. She took a run at all those. I guess she had a an eye for, um, you know, for expensive uh, hey, uh, items hey, like that. Dave, yeah. I, I, I gotta know because it's so important because everyone has to know. How's your bracket doing, buddy? How's your bracket doing? Well, it sucks. It's terrible. How can you make it? I, I, you know. <laughs> What it may be my most curmudgeonly sports opinion that March Madness is lots of fun and it has been lots of fun. Yes. Once again, but it is a poor gauge of who the best team in the country. Absolutely. It's not. Kansas it's not a, is out. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not a tournament set up for the, to find the best team in the country is. It's a tournament just to just have to find a champion. If it was the best team in the country, you'd have a best of seven series like the NBA does. Right. And like, it's just not, and it's okay. It's If you accept that's what it is, that's fine. And there's look, great action, right? FDU is a great story, but as, as we get to these games now in the sweet 16, I want to see the best teams play. I want like, we're like right now, like the matchups right. I want to right now. Like I'm glad FDU lost. It was a fun story. Like Princeton's actually playing good basketball. So I'm kind of curious how they play um, uh, uh, coming up here. I think they played Creighton. So, but nonetheless, like, yeah, it's not a tournament to figure out the best team is, I don't think. But there are a lot of, look, Alabama's left, Houston's left, UCLA's left. So there's still some good basketball teams left in this thing. I just love the people that, like, are so prideful in there. Like, I put so much work into my bracket. I'm the top of my, I'm like, come on, come on. You you, you you didn't predict Drake would make one basket the last seven minutes of the game and not beat Miami. Like, like come on, guys. Like, you, you, there's no, like, you're not better than anyone else to doing this thing. It was just your year. Like, I do this every year, Dave. I do one bracket where I just pick chalk. I pick the, the, the higher seed. It's in the top five of every, every pool of I ever course. do. By the way, file <laughs> that one away. Listen to Jeffrey here, everybody. <laughs> He is right. If you just want to enter a family pool and you want to be in it in week two and in week three, just 
take chalk all the way through. And remarkably, <laughs> even though there will be a million upsets, there will, you will still be rising to the top and still be in it by, yes. at, at that point. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you completely. These people who are patting themselves on the back about Creighton right now, as a for instance, is a great one. Tell me how much Creighton basketball you watch this year, and then Zero. I'll be impressed. If you divine, like, I really like their brand of ball going into this one. Um, and, you know, I'm with you. It is an interesting West Coast tilt coming up. UCLA and Gonzaga. Ooh, a couple yeah. of a couple of fun facts for you, real quick, um, that I've dug up from a wagering standpoint. And by the way, the cherry on top of the four days of basketball. I guess uh, six if you count the the play in games, which I do as a Pitt Panther fan. By the way, shout out to uh, to that team. Really a fun and magical season that ended in the. Round of 32, no matter. Still very satisfying for for these two eyes. Growing ever more cynical as I follow all my other teams. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm real. I'm, 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 I'm sick in my balls in a way that I Ooh. can't articulate right oh, now. Okay. I, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to get down. The, the, you, you, you have to call someone for that, Dave. This is not the show for that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> That's the sponsor we need. Someone who can treat that condition for me. But, um, but very quickly, um, against the spread. 26, 25, and one are your favorites. So that's really not much of an indication of anything <laughs> other than flip a coin and or play the uniform you want going forward. But unders are unders, still great. the best bet here. Our guy, Kent Brown, a, a guest here and one of our, our pals on the side on mine. Three. Kent Brown dropped me a line, and this persists through the, the uh, first two rounds here. Under is the play, 35. Five unders have come through versus 17 overs. Oh, yeah. So that's the way you want to go there. And the five best teams, there's some advanced efficiency rankings, as much as you care about those, that 19 of the last 20 national champs have finished in the top 20 of. Not coincidentally, they also are the five best teams still standing. Houston, UCLA, Alabama, UConn, and Texas. So one of those five teams is highly likely, based on the last 20 years of evidence, to cut down the nets there. Gonzaga is interesting, though. I'll tell you what. Uh, Timmy is delightful. How do you yeah, not root for Timmy yeah, when they're, he's they're, common in the postgame? Their defense is really, really bad, and they're not, they, they're not going to win the championship because of that. And I think UCLA, I think UCLA beats them for that reason because um, UCLA's ability, if they can stay healthy, they, they continue to lose one player game, even though Singleton's going to play. Um, they can run bodies at Timmy all game, and the problem is Gonzaga's defense is atrocious. Like It is the worst it's been during this run. And UCLA can can score with the best of them when they want to. They they typically don't need to, and they don't terribly want to at times, but they can. They can absolutely score if they would like to play an up-tempo game. We saw that when they beat Arizona uh, at the end of the season. They can play that game if they would like to. Um, And I think they can because Gonzaga's defense is not quite up to what it's been. It's right. It's 76 in Kennepon right now. It, they just don't really allow, excuse me, they allow a lot of buckets, especially the two-point basket, which UCLA, here's my, my UCLA thought. It's a little counter to the way college basketball is played now. So a lot of teams, we've seen this through the first rounds, win or lose by the three, right, Dave? You make the three, you don't make the three. That's how you're winning and losing. And it, it, I think after the first round, it was a 10% disparity. The, the winners were making 37% and losers making 27%. It's that simple. Win or lose, three points. And then I saw another stat was like, well, the three point overall is being made at a lower rate than it was during the regular season. People surmise the basketball is different. The rims are tighter, all these blah, blah, blah reasons. But UCLA scores a high percent of their points on the two point basket. Like they don't they don't rely on needing a three pointer 
in the half court offense to, to succeed. And so, yeah, if they run up against a team like Gonzaga and they allow 85 points, probably not going to win. But if they allow 72 points, the Bruins can score 78, 80 points easily. So I think that it allows them to play a brand of basketball that works when you're not, quote, unquote, making all the threes. And that's why I've liked UCLA this whole time is the defense plus can you get a bucket that doesn't rely on you making a three-pointer? Yes. Check the box. And that's what I like about them. Well, Miami, you know, they just out-athleted my Hoosiers um, on Sunday there. But to your point, the difference was O'Meara, who I thought was not healthy, and that was going to be the difference. If you've watched the U at all this year, their advantage is that athleticism, and and they got a bunch of guys who can burn you. Um, scoring the ball, but Omir is 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 a handful. It's it's almost like um, not Scott May, Sean May. Ironically, Indiana's Sean May for UNC. You don't have to be a seven footer to impact the um, college basketball, but if if you can bang that offensive glass like he can, yeah. that's they they just don't know what to do. And in a larger way, I don't know if this is true, but this this is what my gut my my heart I, as you know i don't i don't uh, actually um research these things i just go off of my own assumptions and ride with them recklessly but it does seem to me it, this checks out that if the nba is now a shooters league a three point league and they don't value big men then the big men aren't jumping as quickly as the talented athletic guards are adva- and and the swing guys oh, absolutely. Are jump into the nba so the seven footers and the guys who beat you on the block are staying in college a little bit longer, thereby giving college teams an edge because they have those big men that can make a difference. Yeah. Witness Timmy on down. Yeah. So I think that I I think what you're saying is right. Is that what you're you're getting at there? Yeah, UCLA. Well, yeah, has- well, yes, too. But but I think too, like the the COVID year kind of kept some of these guys in. Like UCLA has a very veteran team. UCLA has a team with. Campbell and Hawkins that that played in the final four two years ago. So you have those guys, these veteran players that are kind of the base. Then you had a five-star Amari Bailey, five-star Den Bona. Like you have these young players in there as well. You have that mix. And I think too, as well, you need to have, in my opinion, not, not your best player, but one of your two best players has got to be the guy who touches the ball every time down, your point guard, right? Like you, you have to have, and you know, your 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 Hoosiers, for example, your best player is not the point guard, right? And he's very good. But he's not the best he's player. Their, he's their one A. He's their one yeah. A. And, and, and I think, I, he did get freshman. I was surprised no, to he see was, that. I, and, and he's a good. And I thought Indiana would win. By the way, he's a he's too. a he's a he's a great player. He's going to be a great NBA player. But like I think you need to have sort of like that that guard. This is why again I go back to the Bruins. And they might lose to Gonzaga. All this is, is a waste of time. But they're kind of built for now. Now they might. Again, Alabama's tough to beat. I don't think it beat Alabama. I think UCLA would beat Houston. But I think they have the recipe for what you need in March Madness. And that's why you see these teams succeed, in my opinion. They kind of have this. They're a little bit older. All the teams from 16 are a little bit older, right? They're physical defense. Like That's kind of a, a hallmark of a lot of these teams that are playing right now. Really good guard play. Like Kind of these things check the box each year. And um, it it pays off. That's why Purdue's not here. It, not physical, terribly physical. Don't have good point guard play. It doesn't matter if you have a seven four kid. I, can, can you can you do something with the ball with five minutes left? They don't have that guy. The, those trends are things that, you know we and we lean on them perennially, like good guard play. But I guess I'm back to being because as I just said two minutes ago, I think you have to throw out the window. Veteran guard play is essential because the best kids playing in the backcourt advance to pro basketball more quickly Correct. than the bigs do. 
Um, but yeah, to your point. Yeah, but I, but if you're gonna have, but look, Dave, if you're gonna have a player in their fourth year at point guard, they might not be NBA quality. Let's say, but they're going to be a pretty guard, pretty darn good college basketball player. Like, well, I mean, I, I guess it has to do with the kid and the individual. But Jalen Hood Shafino to me is dynamite. I mean, his physical stature. I'm not just talking about his height. His dimensions should have been able to overwhelm anybody that you threw at him. They have some. They have some good kids. Wong was the the yeah. player of the year and all of that, and he's not the only one who can hurt you scoring, but. He should have been able to shoot over them all game or recognize that if they're doubling, they're, they're, the Hoosiers are the hyphen team. Um, but if, you know, if they can't, if they're doubling in the low post, then by definition, he needs to be able to penetrate. There are gaps there to penetrate oh, yeah. beyond the perimeter and get to the foul line and hurt them or shoot over them. But he seemed reluctant to do that or stuck in what the Hoosiers wanted to do yeah. pregame. I, I was surprised that they lost, but I'm not. I, my my jaw's not on the floor either because the U is legit. Let's go real quick and pick some of these. K State. Here's an interesting one. Chris Falica on social media was tweeting this stuff out. Your colleague, yeah. By the way, Michigan State. I know the Izzo thing. I I always feel like it's gotten because of the lack of great success over more recent years. Like it's all right. Izzo doesn't snap his fingers, and the Spartans aren't just relevant every spring. But man. When they get to this stage, Sweet 16 and Final Eight, they win straight up, whether they're a, a dog or not. And once again, they're, here's a weird thing. For the first time, I think in like seven or eight years, in the Sweet 16, uh, they're playing a three-seed in K-State, and and Sparty is favored to win yes. that game, laying just a point and a half. Let's just go real quick here, because to your previous point, we don't know anything. Who? How do we know how these games are going to shake, right. shake out here? Let's hope for a little bit of chalk yeah. here so that the tournament remains a credible way to, yeah. <laughs> to, to divine a national champion. K-State, Michigan State. I, I I think Kansas State feels like, not team of destiny, but they've just played good basketball last month of the year, right? And I, I think, I like the way they're playing. I think they're better than Michigan State. Like, I think that matters at some point. Plus, I saw a stat, too, that something interesting, like, this in the broadcast where Tom Izzo is really good on the second day. So like like he he loses more yeah, often right. on the on the first day of the weekend. So he's more he's more likely to lose today than he, or Thursday I should say than he would on Saturday. Kind of interesting, right? So um, I think K State wins it. They're they're getting two points. I would take him plus two if I was wager on this game. He's the anti anti uh, Andy Reid, I guess. Uh, Arkansas, <laughs> um, just uh, just plus three and a half. A little curious yeah. there. I guess UConn's not a world beater, but uh, UConn's pretty. UConn's pretty good, man. They're fourth in efficiency in the country right now. Like they're, they're they're a good basketball team. I'm I'm surprised this is not more. Um, they're one of I, those teams. I mean, I'm, I, I, forgive me for saying so out loud, but I have not watched a, a ton of UConn basketball until very recently. And yeah, that that was one of those teams that a lot of a lot of the cools were picking. It's like. I mean, I okay, I could ride with what you're saying, but I, I have no reason to assume UConn's good. But apparently, they are the real deal. And like I say, laying three and a half. You're taking UConn there. Yeah, I would take UConn. Yeah. Um, Florida Atlantic survives FDU. <laughs> Nobody cares about Florida Atlantic. That was a weird game. It was like, it was oh, this would be embarrassing for Florida Atlantic to lose to FDU. It's like, who knows anything about Florida Atlantic? No, like, I'm, I, I don't. I, I, I mean, I, the only thing I learned last night is they shoot a bunch of three. They shoot and take a bunch of threes. They like that's they they make a bunch of threes. I I mean Tennessee, I would imagine, is just um, physically a more dominant team than FAU. But you know Barnes at times as a coach underwhelms in these, some of these games. Um, 
So he, I, he he underwhelms me in terms of charisma. Don't you, wouldn't you think they like, would that would be like near the very top of the list if you're a college football or basketball head yes. coach is, is the ability to like just walk in a room and win it over immediately. He yes. does not strike me as being no. that, that no. guy. Um, so I, I'll go, I, I don't know if I would lay the five with Tennessee. It's not one of my favorites, but I would be totally, I, I would not take Florida Atlantic either. I think Tennessee does win this game though. Yeah, it seems like a waste in MSG. I, too. I, I just think that I think that like again, when you get to this stage and this weekend, a lot of times like the better team is the winner. Like, right. like, like the FAU story is great. No one even knew they had a basketball team until they played fairly Dickinson. Like it, it's great. But like at this stage, it's again like the better team sort of the Cinderella thing ends about now most often. That I mean. History seems to support that, except for last year with that weirdo team. Yeah, so, yeah. See, but, I mean, yeah. Again, it, there's always going to be outliers every year. There's a couple of those teams that, that win, but yeah, didn't St. Peter's play like a an eight seed in the in in the lead eight? Any like I don't, I, I don't give a crap. Team. I don't like. I, I, again, Curmudgeon Dave says it stinks. It's not fun for St. Peter's because they have no. Ch- I don't care how far they go. One one thing that's not going to happen is them winning. So stay out of it all together and let yeah. the heavyweights. That's what we need to see. Forgive me, I'm a snob, I'm a pedigree. No, so no, what? No, what? No Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas for the first time in the Sweet Sixteen and forever. Well, UCLA playing for the honor of yeah. the Blue Bloods now against the Zags, the new. Uh, the 2.0 blue blood yeah. Zags, I guess. This is probably your best matchup. Bruins laying oh, a point far. and a half. I'll say you in it's also, Vegas. It's also makes like it the, extra juicy. Also, like the latest game of the night. Thank, thank. Yeah, all of us East Coast viewers that like they like to watch this game. Um, I'm going UCLA here. I, Dave, I think you would. You're going to pick UCLA because you're going to honor the fact that Mick Cronin wears a suit and has not given in to. The the new lax coaching wear on the sidelines. For these I want suits on NFL head coaches or shame the devil. I don't have like you seen that they Nick, every, everyone. You know the the COVID years have gone casual, right? Slacks and like a yeah. polo or, or or a pullover with a quarter zip. Mick is full suited up, man. He's ready to go. Um, they dress a, like they basically dress like my old man used to dress when it was a little chilly outside yes. for a round of golf. Like that's <laughs> yes. that, that's what they look yes. like they're doing. Yes, um, I'll take the Bruins. Look I, again, the Bruins are a better, well-rounded team. I, I think that matter again. I'll go with the better defensive team that can score offensively. It'd be a tough play. I was hoping UCLA was going to play TCU. That would have been an easier game for the Bruins. Uh, this would be a very, very fun game. You mentioned in Vegas. Um, be a lot. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It'll be maybe the best game of of the of the night, and it'll have to be the latest game. I'll take Bruins in this game, um, and then uh, UCLA UConn will be a, a ton of fun on Saturday. I think it's funny. Two things about first of all, the Zags are like the range of of human beings. I feel like Timmy is super fun, and like I say, f bombing and all that kind of stuff with the zany mustache and everything else. But Mark Few seems like a weirdo of a guy to me from a distance. He just seems like <laughs> another guy. Like really, that guy walks into your house and you're like, I want to go play with that guy. That guy seems. Cool. I mean, he, I mean, he must. He got, I mean, Jalen Suggs. He got Jalen Suggs there for I a guess. year. What do I know? But yeah, must be doing something. Yeah. The other side of it, though, the Mick Cronin, I'm surprised this isn't a bigger story. Maybe it'll be over this next week with UCLA as the Cinderella's fall away. Isn't it weird that in the same sports town, the arch rivals, SC and UCLA, have kind of the same storyline? Pete Carroll is the Trojans' fifth or sixth choice to get that gig back at the turn of the millennium. 
and ends up turning them into one of the all-time powerhouses. Same is true now with Mick Cronin. They wanted everybody else at UCLA to be their head coach. This was a fallback position to take Cronin and look at them thriving now consistently yeah. under him. It's an I, interesting thing. I, I have a very Dave Damashek question for you. You ready? Please. I'd like that. Okay. So how many, you know many championships UCLA has won since 1978? Since, 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 since John Wooden retired. Yes, 1978. One. Yes. Okay. So if you, at what point do you lose your blue blood status as a program? Excuse me, 1975. 1975. You didn't retire in 1975. What year do you, you lose your blue? Like, when do you use your, lose your blue blood status as a program? It's a great if you've question. You've won one championship in 40 years. Like, our kids do not look at UCLA as a blue blood. We do. But our kids are like UCLA, they haven't won in our, my lifetime. Something that helps them out a lot is that they haven't changed their uniform. So when you see them, if you are old enough to remember John Wooden highlights and all of that, you, it, it, it triggers in your brain. That's a great program. If they messed with their uniform too much, that would cease to be true. I think Texas football is that way. These people, I always they're, they're always my go-to fan base of people who are like, like, well, Longhorn football, like the way they talk about it, it's like, you guys know you, you have largely sucked or been mediocre for the last 40 years now. As I, I, mean, I know you had the blip with Mac Brown, but um, settle down with how you regard yourself versus how the rest of the world perceives you. Even weirder in the same state, their arch rival is Texas A&M. How that program continues to be the most well-funded in the world when they never get close to a national title yeah. is another yeah. conversation. And the Dallas Cowboys are another one. This thing about the Dallas Cowboys, like, oh, biggest pressure uh, thing in sports is being a quarterback. Like, why? They, no one has won there since Correct. Troy Eggman went away. So the Bruins have only made seven Final Four since 1975. Only, only. I, I don't know. I mean, I can look up who's made more. But my point is like. I mean, Ben Howland took him there and nobody really vibed to him. Because they were they they were playing that grind it out kind of ball, so correct? Yes. When they were doing it, even though they that was the most success they well, had. Well, yeah, they also got smoked by Florida in that national championship game. So I think people look at it differently. But like they they like that's a that's out of out of uh, that might be the only championship game they played in since since, since um, the the other title game in in, in uh, it's just interesting it's an interesting discussion because you know I, I do packed off radio a bunch and we kind of just talk about all these programs and legacies and whatnot and my point about ucla is always like well yeah you're, you're blue blood I, I guess it depends on who's who's asking the question because if i'm 36 if it's me i, I would consider them a blue blood only because my my parents went to ucla i know the background if you ask a kid from washington about ucla they'd be like i blue blood in what like what are they blue blooded they, they, so true so in, true. In my, i mean in, i remember in, terry donahue years and and yeah. thinking like that's a good team but you know, again, I mean, UCLA football is so far from relevant. Dave, they haven't won the conference since 1998 in football. It's kooky, but we still, I, I think, I do think I've, forgive me as a, as one of society's leading estates, maybe I'm leaning too hard into the uniform angle, but I think because they never changed it, they resonate oh, in a different correct. way. Correct. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like it is a, when you turn on a game at Poly Pavilion, you get the same uniform every night. And it's the same uniform they wore in 1967, their first championship. Like it's the same exact thing, a little different with the, but it's the same sort of setup, right? Like it's sort of the same thing. So um, I'm with you there, They, they but it's just an interesting discussion. Like, are they, and I, I think they still are, but it's a, 
I don't know, one championship, and I hope they win this year so we don't we can stop saying I mean, the that. The Dodgers, the Dodgers were like that for a long time. I mean, it was a long wait from '88 till. Yeah, the, I know. And I, and as a course. as a Dodger hater, I r- r- routinely r- remind my friends that they actually only won a third of a championship because they played a third of a season in the COVID year. And that doesn't really count as a full championship. You know that, what? I, you know, you know, I have said before, and I will continue to to bang this drum that we cannot have conversations about who does or doesn't belong in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Eli Manning, like, how dare you? Only two good seasons that just happened to align with them winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> yep, that's enough. Especially Agreed. when you come against Tom Brady, he's going Agreed. to the Hall of Fame. Yes. And, and forgive me, I'm not getting swept up in your anti-Eli talk so long as Bob Greasy gets to keep his gold jacket. I think you and me need to put our heads together and take away blue blood status. We'll unplug it. We're we're just going to unplug them and flatline them. I mean, I'm, I'm, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to do. Can we take away the Dodgers world series title too? From that? No, no, no. They only put a third of a season. Is there only one? Is there only world series title? No. Since 1988. Yes. That's it. Yes. See, I feel like. No, that's that's it. Yeah. See, pull the plug Dodgers. You, you lose it. Get out of here, Dodgers. Okay, that's a good one. You know what? I used to say, not that Kansas City Chiefs are that brand. Oh, here we go. This- here we go. No, no. I'm t- here, no. I do <laughs> want to talk to you about them. I, I, I we'll, we'll get into them in just a second. Yeah. Um, but I do want to, but them, I used to say, like, they're held up, propped up as this, like, because, again, the uniforms never change, and Arrowhead has a mystique and all that. Oh, for and years, for years they were like the five worst years in the playoffs. Ago, right, well, five years ago, I was like, isn't it weird that the Kansas City Chiefs, like nobody mentions them? Obviously, the Cleveland Browns stink forever, and the Lions stink forever, and the Jets do. But like nobody puts the Chiefs in there as like the most suffering fan base. But they haven't won a Super Bowl since 1970, for cripe's sake. Like at some point, and the play- <laughs> dude and Dave, the playoff losses were brutal. Like they had yeah. the, mo- the worst. I played in one of them. The worst playoff losses of, of ever. Like they had one. Uh, they, oh, they lost your Steelers that one playoff game where the Steelers didn't score a touchdown. <laughs> Like like in 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 uh in in Kansas City they've had and of course obviously that's been a race but yeah they've had some bad uh, but the Royals won a title so I think that's why you say Sports City like you kind of throw the you, you include the Royals championship in there and you you say like okay that counts as like for for the fan base I suppose but it, yeah it gets murky when you start talking about New York City and Chicago and L A and I resent people who in those towns who like. Yeah, I'm happy to see the Mets win it. You're a Yankees diehard. You're not allowed well, to that's, be happy no, to see that's the Mets different. win it. No, that, that's absolutely that, that's a little different. Like that's like Eddie Spaghetti's like, hey, I hope my Rangers win the Stanley Cup, but I'll be just a little less disapp- a little less sad if the Islanders or, or Devils win it, because I'd be happy for no, the no, tri state. That's he didn't how say Eddie that. Spaghetti's wired. Yeah, that's he who he is. There's no way he said that. Is that true? I I said well, I, I no I way. There's working. absolutely no way. It's not working right now, so we'll just move no, on. Eddie. My <laughs> mic is working. There's no way in hell I want to see the Islanders or the Devils win. <laughs> but but Yankees and Mets is way different. It's it's American versus national, so it doesn't that doesn't matter to me as well. Who 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 is the Rangers rival hockey rival? Like who's the Flyers? Um, yeah, I would say. The whole I mean, division, I would right? say. Fly, yeah, it's pretty. Equal. I mean, the the problem is the Isles haven't been great until recently, so that kind of fell off. The Devils are real, definitely the the, the real um, uh, rival. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like the late nineties, early two thousands, but that kind of dropped off. The when the Flyers had their stretch run with like those Claude Giroux teams and all those guys. They are definitely up there. I mean, obviously the Penguins too. A little bit. It's it's been a good fair mix of uh, of all of them. 
Well, Schwartz, by the way, I announced just last week, so relevant here, the Flyers, you know, historically are the are the Penn's biggest rival, but they have stunk officially for so long now. They dropped to my second most hated team. The Islanders have now replaced them. In all of sports, my most hated team is now the New York Islanders. Who's yours? Is it is it uh, the Huskies football? Well, the Huskies will always be my, my least favorite team um, forever and ever. That's never going to change. Um, but they're one of these teams too. Dave, they won a championship in 1991. If you go on, if you go look it up, like it's a half championship, right? Miami won the other half. So like they, they I claim, remember I was they, watching they, it. They claim it as like, it's this like throne that they've won in 1991. Like, congratulations. You won 12 years before any recruit was even born. Like, congratulations on that one championship. I hope Oregon does it one day and it's probably not going to happen. We, we went twice. We lost twice. It is what it is. Um, oh, no, talk that way. You'll get one. Maybe it's probably not going to happen. It's okay. It didn't happen. It is what it is. I still enjoy college football. You can still win 10 games and have a good season. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, it's got to be the Dodgers. They're still good. Like, the Dodgers are still, every year, I'm like, I'm like, please don't win the championship. We put them in the championship. Like, I'm just, whoever knocks them out, I celebrate. The Nationals knock them out. The Braves knock them out. Like, good. The Dodgers, man, they keep loading up on these players every year. And then I watch my Giants get, like, Mitch Hanger or someone. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to do it. Like, nope, not going to win the championship with 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 that guy. Um, just, it's, it's the, it's I don't the think Dodgers. people I – I think it's funny because in the – I don't think East Coast people recognize that the Dodgers are the evil empire of baseball West Coast version. Um, I think people feel that a little bit more where the Lakers are concerned. Yes. Um, that they are – that they are the, – talk about well, – The Lakers have won a they, the Lakers, don't, they don't get that COVID one too. We might we might kick them off our mouth fair. of but of the, but Lakers, but Lakers won. They won five with Kobe, right? Three – the first thing was Shaq and two with Gasol. Like they, the Dodgers haven't won it all. And winning is part of being like the evil empire. Even the Giants won three World Series – 10 to 14, and no one was like, oh, whatever, the Giants. Like, uh, like you know, like it, it, you have to win a lot and then obviously be hated while doing it. And the Dodgers, during the kind of the time they've been good, the hated team has been the Astros. So, like, the, all, like, the deflection of, like, the big bad team, the Dodgers, is all put on the Astros. And now the Mets are spending money like crazy. Everyone feels bad for the Mets because the Diaz injury stinks. It totally does suck. Altuve broke his stuff. I don't know how they're going to play this WBC, which has been some fun baseball. If you watch it, it is. It is fun. You're right, but like at some MLB's got to be. How, like, how the owners? How, how, how the owners going to be like? Yeah, go ahead, superstar, play that. Uh, hope don't get hurt, please. Like they're not going to let these guys play next time. You imagine if the NFL was like, okay, before camp, guys, we're going to have a three week tour. You're going to go play a, an all star classic. Mahomes, you're the quarterback on the American team. Like she's like, no, 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 absolutely no, no chance. Um, so it would be um that's my beloved that we got we got to bring back reigning Super Bowl champs against college all-stars game. Don't get in the way of that, Schwartz. That's that's gonna be too good. We we gotta have that, like we used to have when uh well, I don't remember ever have watching it. You know they used to play that though, right? The what college versus NFL Super Bowl champ versus college all-stars. Wait, no, no, wait, the Super Bowl champ would win by 50, 75 points. Au contraire. The, I think it was the last time they did it was 76 or 77, and it was a monsoon. And Randy White from Maryland sacked Terry Bradshaw in the game. You can dig up video of the game. You can, you can dig wait, up. Uh, why, why would NFL players, I mean, it's back then, they probably got $17 to play the game. Where That's what I always say about, like, <laughs> my argument always with the olds about, like, oh, Johnny Unitas and Sammy Ball, like, 
college all-stars could beat them head-to-head and would. I mean, in the 50s, I think as recently as the early 60s, the college all-stars beat the NFL champs. Like, well, then how credible was was the NFL if that was happening? I do think that as we get like more into you know analytics and not, and kind of looking at, at at football through a different lens, we're going to go back and look at some of these Hall of Fame careers and be like, mm, like the, the 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 Joe Namath one I've seen more more recently lately. Nah. We were like, we were like, uh, uh, are, are we sure or not? I, I'm like, no, nah, you know, that's like that's like people taking comedians to task for no, I, i'm with you no in, i agree it's a different era. Like no. it's a different world no, like, it's a different era. no i'm not i'm not in favor of removing anyone from the hall of fame i'm just saying that people are going to start doing this they're going to look back at other eras and they're going to have all the advanced oh, yeah. numbers and be like well joe name is epa wasn't very good in 1909 in 1967 okay fine but like different sport back then so it's going to be interesting how that works this but is my argument with, all, with, 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 with with sal and hench and Simmons, all that, they're always arguing about like the numbers and what they support or don't support. Like, what about the visceral reaction you have to watching the guy? You ever watch Namath play? Namath is I, obviously. I did not, no. You've never watched any any Joe Namath? I, I mean, I've like, seen people, YouTube. You shouldn't be. You can't have a, an opinion on people and their greatness well, or that, overrated so my, or anything okay, else so if you don't watch them play. No, no so here's my thing about, about this discussion. When, everyone, when someone asks me about who I think is the greatest in any sport, what I always say is I only list guys I've watched play with my own eyes. So Good when you. Maybe so, I try to so, stick to that. So when people are like, well, who's your greatest offensive tackles? I'm like, I list like, I, I, I'm like, I didn't see Anthony Munoz play. Everyone tells me he's number one. I believe him. I didn't see him play. So I put like Ogden and I saw Walter Joe, the kind of like the nineties tackles, right? Baselli, all those guys, Anthony Munoz. I just didn't watch him play. He's he's number one. Everyone says he's number one. I agree with you. I just never watched him play. If we got all bent out of shape, I go, I, I, I didn't see him play football. And I don't want to tell you. That's exactly. I'm glad we park our cars in the same garage on this one. I, I mean, yes, the there are, and there are also the other interesting sports history kind of wrinkle is that there are these rabbits that are worthy of praise, but like Will Chamberlain's numbers are astronomical, but hard to quantify. He just was like, he was a seven footer in an age where there were eight teams <laughs> and like, you know, I mean, who was there? Like Bill Russell at six, nine. Yeah. It's funny. Bill Russell from San Francisco is kind of like the rebel alliance against the evil empire of a seven foot wilt the stilt in the same way your San Francisco giants are the rebel alliance yeah. to the LA Dodgers evil empire. Um, and that reminds me to say, as we have this blue blood, you know how like at Malibu, there they have private beaches. That's yes. what we need. Lake Blue Blood. It's only for the truly elite. You can get kicked out. You can lose membership. So Lake Blue Blood in the shadow of Mount Pius is uh, is now an exclusive club, and the people who are the gatekeepers are Jeff Schwartz and Dave Damashek. So now who, we've resolved that. I, I'm 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 in. Can we can we at least hang out there though? As we may, as we do our squats, can we can we allowed to hang on the beach and 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 do our squats. I'm I'm assuming, yeah, and okay, I'm also, perfect. okay, and I'm also even if I have to bring drinks to members out out at the beach or whatever while they're where they're putting their feet up, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink one for everyone I have to deliver to anybody else. <laughs> okay, we have a lot of football to talk about. I want to get through these picks now since we went okay. down this way. San Diego State, Bama, tied, laying six and a half. Agree. Yeah, the U versus Houston. 
Houston um, playing six and a half. They survive. I, I, I would I would take Miami plus the points. Um, I think Houston might win the game, but Houston has not looked terribly good, whether it's injuries or whether it's just kind of like they've just been very up and down each game. I feel like Miami offensively, if you give them a, like a little bit of a, of a lane to score a bunch of points, they're going to score a bunch of points. I would it's take interesting Miami. the injuries are play or like the availability of uh, of the yeah. big time guys is, has impacted this tournament. I, probably I, will continue. To. So I would take I would take Miami plus the seven as it is right now. You know what? As a guy who kept his eye on the ACC and and sticking with what we just talked about, the things that I've actually watched this year, I've watched a fair bit of Kane's basketball. Yeah, I like that matchup in terms of like you know effort and speed and all of that, and what Houston's predicated on the U kind of probably is a mirror of that. So I'll go with the U. That's a lot of points. Uh, Princeton, Creighton. I mean, again, what, what the hell? How do I, 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 I've, watched, I've watched I've watched zero Creighton. I haven't watched them what in the tournament garbage either. garbage matchup, 15 no, no idea. This is what you like, America? I, I, I've, watched, I've watched Princeton play two games. Um, if I could have, this is Friday night at 9 p.m., I'll probably just avoid watching this game. I, like, what's the purpose of watching this game? <laughs> I agree. You know what? I agree <laughs> with you. What do I care about these two garbage teams? Anybody think about these? Two? Although Creighton actually was supposed to be good going into the. I, I mean, I, 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 I like Princeton. Princeton, though, I'll tell you what. I watched them against Arizona. They they play very long. Like they get a bunch of rebounds. They 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 get their hands in lanes. Like they they're a long team. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I congratulations. I'm, I'm happy for them. But I, I have no opinion on this game whatsoever. Okay. Xavier, who should have lost or just about did in the first round. And if they had, we would be talking about the Pitt Panthers playing the Texas Longhorns. Instead, it's Sean Miller, traitor to Pitt and uh, the city of Pittsburgh, playing against uh, the Longhorns. Horns laying four and a half, two seed versus three. A pretty good matchup there. How say you? I think Texas... Uh, wins this game. I think they're, they're a pretty a pretty good team, pretty well rounded team. You know, very tough conference they came out of this year. Um, I would lean toward Texas. I don't think they cover this game, but I think Texas wins this game. I mean, the non power fives are the story so far, but at some point, to what you said twenty minutes ago, um, Big Twelve best conference shouldn't shock at some point matter. So let's go with the the Longhorns there. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Ooh, have I got something for you? Your very first bet with Caesar Sportsbook. It's on Caesars. Just sign up with the promo code. Omaha full, the word Omaha and the word full side by side, then place your first bet. If you win, great, you keep your winnings. But if your first bet loses, you'll still receive your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over offer, offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with an eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled. As a loss, maximum bet credit is $1,250. Must be used within 14 days of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans, Massachusetts. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-327. 50-50 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 
24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Offer not available in Massachusetts, Maryland, and Ohio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, now let's talk about football because there's something I want to get into with you. And I said the Chiefs, you know what? We haven't kibitzed since the Super Bowl. So I do have to say officially, even though I've already said it, but because I have a heart as big as the ocean, I'll say it one more time to you. Like Orbach says at the end of Dirty Dancing, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And I was wrong about these Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you. I thought that I thought that they okay, maybe I gotta try to be a little splashy by saying <laughs> last place, but I did legitimately think yeah, that third place was was where they were gonna land in a mighty division. Instead, they win the whole thing. And in fact, in doing so, I think provide a template for smart teams to operate. As you try to make sense of what we're going to do now that our QB is making that much money and our other guys want to make that much money and other people are suitors and willing to pay them that much money. How do we do this? They've obviously shown the way to do it going forward. And the Eagles feel like they're trying to use that. But with fits and starts, you see the losses they've had on defense. I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, muzzle tub on that. Um, And... I mean, now they're going to finish in third or fourth place in 23. Of, of though, course, right? yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, like Russell Wilson is going to resurrect his career with Sean Payton. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy whew. G. I'm, yeah, I mean, and then you have obviously Austin Eckler, what he can do. Oh, wait, never mind. Um, so we'll Ooh, see what that's happens. that's a bad one, huh? Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Look, um, the, the Chiefs the Chiefs drafted really well. I mean, that's part of it. If you have a quarterback, it's, you get all that money, you better draft well. 
They had five rookies contribute a lot of defense this past year, right? They had two offensive linemen that haven't been paid a second contracts yet. They had young wide receivers help them out. Like that's part of it. You have to draft well. And they they've hit they've drafted very well the last couple of years. Their linebackers are, are all players they drafted. I think nine of eleven starters on defense were players that that uh that they had drafted outside Justin Reed and Frank Clark, who now is, is not there anymore. So yeah, I mean, look, having Pat Mahomes is, is obviously a big plus, but you know, being able to draft those guys around him and continue to do that. Now they have to figure a way to do, do that without. They lost Thornhill, they lost Clark. Uh, you know, you, you swapped out uh, Orlando Brown for Juwan Taylor, and you got to try to do it again now. And it all, but as you say, and uh, any number of uh, experts like you, and you, in fact, are an expert. Um, keep saying the same thing, but you know, you can't pin uh, the teams that have guys, the war room, the personnel departments that are able to win by 5% in terms of player evaluation in the draft are the teams that not coincidentally end up being playoff relevant so long as you land that the most important position, QB. Joe Douglas right now has a mess on his hands because he has fleshed out that bum New York Jets roster, but good, except at the most important position. So it's intriguing to see <laughs> what goes on there. But the, the, the Roger, the Rogers thing very quickly, it's just Go like, ahead. it's all going to end in a disaster. We all know that. Um, I just, I just love like Rogers is so funny to me. The, the, like, Oh, I, I, I hate the media. You guys get it all wrong on me all the time. But 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 you also pay attention to everything the media says about you. So that's what Spaghetti so, and I debated so, so last so which, week. So which, is so like, which is he's like, like, well, Rogers is right. I'm like, he's so a hypocrite. Is, is my issue with him. He's absolutely, like absolutely. You know, he tries this. He tries this stuff where he he pretends he's smart. Everyone else, I didn't. I didn't give the Jets an actual list of who I wanted. Well. No one said you gave him a physical piece of paper and handed to the Jets like you did on, on that show. Like you said, I didn't give him. No, but you told him, hey, Jets, I'd like if you looked at these players for me. Like, do you think we're stupid? Like, do you think we're stupid? Of course you said to the Jets, hey, guys, look into Alan Lazard for me. I would really like playing with him again. Like, he thinks we're stupid, man. I just, you I need just, to get him on your show. I know he no, goes I, on no, another formal football player. Not, it would not. It would not end up well. It would. Well, be, then we should be, figure out who's smarter very, than whom. It'd be That'd a very be a quick. Great. It'd be a very quick conversation. Um, it. It's just I agree. So I, I think the other thing that people are just like kind of skipping over is, and I understand that the Jets as an organization and as a fan base are desperate, but he's forty. There's a there's he, more. He, he, I, I keep he saying, said he more, wanted to retire three weeks ago. Right, exactly. He, he, he was like, I, I went into the cave, the darkness retreat, wanting to retire. I came out. I saw the Packers were like, yeah, we don't want you anymore, buddy. And I was like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to play for the Jets instead. That's right. I think like, right. And, and people always say, oh, once they start talking that way, then it's never going to be the same. So that's one thing. Two. Warren Moon had a good season with the Seahawks when he was 41. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl at 44. Throw out Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the, I, is the outlier. Throw it all out. I, never, I always say that. I say I know, there's nothing to do. measure against I know him. you do. I know you do. And then every single person in the history of people is on the other side of that. Correct. The assumption that Aaron Rodgers, who's speaking at ayahuasca conferences and everything else, is tuned in in the way that the guy who eats avocado ice cream and 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 everything else is a reach. It's the same thing. It's like what, what, what Steelers fans, I supported Ben Roethlisberger coming back at 39, but still people like, Dave, look, if Brady could do it at 44, why not Big Ben? It's like, 
I don't think he's conditioning himself um, in, in, in the same manner. But right, I mean, that's the point. Aaron Rodgers is not also the maybe, I don't know. What do I know about? Maybe this will light a fire under him, uh, which he needs since he's been pooping in the dark uh, for four days. Um, I just think it's we assume a great deal about it, what Aaron Rodgers is going to do at age 40. But I don't think it's going to be, I also don't think, to have it both ways, I don't think it's the same disaster that Russell Wilson was in Denver. I think it's a much better spot for him, and he's better off than where Russell Wilson was last year. Okay, very quickly. Here's what I want to say, Schwartz, because this is my perennial lament. We are in the heart now, fully, of draft season. And I, my message to the world out there is you don't have to have an opinion on every offensive lineman in the draft, nor do you have to have opinions on every free agent who you see get signed for $3 million annually, guaranteed by your favorite team. You are not required to weigh in on what you think Cole Holcomb is going to do for the Pittsburgh Steelers because you don't know what he looks like. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with the world. And defer specifically with offensive linemen on Peter Skaronsky and what your team needs to do to get Peter Skaronsky, who you couldn't pick out of a lineup and who you wouldn't be able to evaluate whether or not he blocks and leans up good another 300 pound men. That's why we get people like Jeff Schwartz on our show to tell us what we don't know. You know how Schwartz there's AA and you have to admit you have a problem. I want to say this. Hi, I'm Dave Damashek. And I don't know anything about offensive line play. I have no ability to uh, identify them. And that's why we bring Jeff Schwartz and people like that onto the show to help us out. Everybody with this, like, everybody's an expert now in the 21st century. Everybody um, watched A Few Good Men 25 years ago and now thinks they would be a good trial lawyer. We yeah. watch Grey's Anatomy and people think, like, I know how to get by in an ER. We have crossed into a weird place now. It's fine with cooking. Watch cooking shows, everybody, and then see if you can make yeah. like uh, Emerald can. This thing about you banging the table about this offensive lineman versus that makes you look ridiculous. You have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And how do I know? Because I have asked many pro football players who play on the outside, receiver, DB, and otherwise. And I say, who's a good offensive lineman on your team? They're like, to be honest with you, I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what happens in there. Running backs, no. Quarterbacks no, and the and the guys at the line of scrimmage no. Uh, Nobody, the, the players don't even it, know what goes on out there. How do you schnook watching at home now? You don't. Let it even, leave it to the experts. Even people that that watch the game for a living don't know what they're paid to draft. These guys don't know. Um, no, I mean th there there are you know the first round offensive tackles. There's probably three for sure. In Skaronsky and then Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson, maybe the Dewan. I'm not as high on, on the the big right tackle from from Ohio State, Dewan uh, uh, Dewan Jones. I don't get it. I don't get the the grade he's gotten for late first. Remember the Chiefs? I'm like, I, uh, the the Syracuse left tackle. I don't think he's a first round pick. You know, you might have a, a few guards. Probably won't get a center in the first round in this draft. Um, it's not an off. It's not a draft. Skaronsky's really good. I, I think the three tackles are good. Schwanty, Johnson, and Jones. Um, but if you're so looking, if you to, hear any of those names called in the first round, yeah, they're good. Be happy if your yes. team needs yes. a tackle. Okay, and then and then I think it's not a draft where you're getting, in my opinion, Schwanty's the probably the best right now to like be that rookie All Pro. Let's just say, like I, I don't like you know like, like Slater, right? Rookie All Pro first year, Creed Humphreys, second team All Pro center first year. It's probably not a draft 
or you're getting that outside of Peter Skronsky, possibly. Um, in his first year. Now, I think Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson could, could get there. They have the physical gifts to get there one day. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not a, it's, it's not a draft where your your offensive line you're looking at at like you know I think all pro caliber players at the top of the draft all over the place. There's a couple guys that I think are really good, uh, but there's a lot of depth in second, third, fourth round. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is a, a not not a very offensive. Um, Line heavy. There might be the the right kid, the the right tackle from Tennessee might sneak up there in the first round, possibly. But I I don't think it's going to be a big offensive tackle draft early on. Um. Okay. Last thing, I want to talk about Lamar Jackson, but who knows what's going to go on there? And I, you know, I do. Th- By the way, my my recurring point where he's concerned is, and you live in that region of America, yeah. wouldn't that, I mean? It does matter in a year to year league, especially like. If you're the Panthers, and even more so the Atlanta Falcons, what is it? Why would you not be going after him? Don't you need to fill the seats yeah. to overcome SEC football a little bit? Isn't that relevant in that part of the well, country? So, um, my my take on I have many things on, on Lamar, but just focusing on on acquiring him. So, I think if you look at the way the NFL, I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with this for when I record my podcast tomorrow because I think this is a lot of the NFL is building differently now teams are building differently they're looking at a lot of these commitments like a lot of the players in like two to three year windows now i feel like where it used to be like these five six year deals right outside of quarterback quarterback's different so you're looking at like roster flexibility within two or three years like we have we signed guys for two or three years and boom how fast can we get those guys in the roster and out of the roster if you look at your brother by the way your brother whose name is Mitchell. Yeah. Um, he, I saw on social media said, this is the way you should do it. If you're a well, player. Well, if you're, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Like, like the, the, the Lemmy Tunsil deal. Right. So like if, so and I think that idea plus the idea of, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback who makes more than 12% of your salary cap to win a Super Bowl. Okay. So the idea of, of, of flexibility on your roster plus a cheap quarterback makes me believe a team like the Falcons and Panthers say, look, we, we don't want to trade two first round picks and then pay $200 million to Lamar Jackson and be locked into that situation for four years with no out. I, I think teams, I think 10 years ago, Dave, teams would have jumped head over heels. And I still think this idea of everyone saying no, is a it's just like a, cursory no it doesn't really mean anything quite yet they weren't allowed to talk to lamar jackson until last week anyways i think i kind um, of agree that yeah, yeah, it could be a, yeah, like but, we're out on him and obviously yeah, but, they still are yeah. but 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 i think i think a lot of teams like and i was wrong about it. i thought teams would, would jump again lamar jackson i think teams look and again look at fridge like how there was like seven deals done the first day and the rest of them were all these little tiny deals i, I think teams view roster building now differently and they don't want to get tied up in in Lamar Jackson and his his salary. And again, he hasn't finished the last two seasons. Like that's important to these teams. I agree. We're, we're gonna pay you. And I, I I'm with Lamar. I understand Lamar saying, look, I want the Sean Watson's deal. And we've talked about this before on this show. Good. Ask you should ask for that deal. You're better human than him, A. Better player too. Like I, I'm for that. I ask for that. The market's not there, obviously, right? So I, I think the teams are like, yeah, we, we don't want to give you that much guaranteed money, lose our draft picks as well, and be locked into this like 
Dio for four years, let's say. But uh, but my my I, I agree with all that, and I get where the Ravens are. I I I've been on both sides of this for the last eighteen months in saying Lamar Jackson could get the money and deserves it, but I also get where the Ravens are coming from. I'm not wanting to commit that with a guy who is going to be less athletic going forward and the injuries aren't owed to running, but he has been hurt for two straight seasons in the back half when you have to win games to get into the playoffs. So I would be spooked too if I were the Ravens by it. Um, I just think that, again, in a year-to-year league, and it does seem to me, and I don't understand the math and I don't involve myself in it, It's a, it makes my brain fuzzy when it gets really advanced, but it's a year-to-year league. It feels to me like two years in... You know, it's impossible to get out from under that contract. If the Falcons wanted to, they would somehow yeah, figure out how to move yeah. on. And in the meantime, they would win the division. Wouldn't the Falcons? I'm, I, I, Jackson oh, win I'm the with division? you. No, I'm with you. And I think there's a lot of teams that should. I think the Colts at four yeah, right that's now. The other one. Like the Colts are like, well, we're probably not going to get Young, Richardson, or Stroud. Are we, we want Will Levis. We want to sit. Do we want to get a middling backup quarterback to be our starter for the season? Or do you want to go get Lamar Jackson? And I think maybe post-draft, teams are more interested in Lamar Jackson, right, as they kind of maybe strike on the quarterbacks. But if you're the Panthers, right, like you can get yourself Stroud or Richardson at one and still kind of have a cap space to figure things out. I, I thought more teams would jump at Lamar Jackson right away. Honestly, I was wrong about that. Um, and I'm with you. I get where the Ravens are at. Um, and the Ravens would be okay. Like, here's our price. We're not going past our price. If someone offers you more, God bless you. You were great for five years. See you later. They get firsts, and they can trade up to get one of those guys, like Anthony out. Richardson oh, yeah. or something like that. That would be a perfect I, transition I, for them. I agree. And so it's a it's an interesting case, man. Like, I really do think, um, you know, people have said, well, do you need a, you know, do you need an agent, right? Because you know the Laramie Tunsil deal supposedly he doesn't really have an agent per se. We know you know, Richard Sherman has doesn't have an agent. Roquan Smith, I believe, doesn't. There's been guys that have got good deals done that have been agents. And and I don't think everyone needs an agent. I'm pro-agent. I'm not anti-agent. And I think a lot of – also, too, guys, a lot of deals are way more straightforward than we give them credit. Like, Laramie Tunsil walks in Texans' offense and says, hey, guys, Trent Williams makes this much money. I want this contract. Texans are like, oh, well, you're pretty good, too. Okay, done. Like, it's, not, it's not like this, like, months-long back-and-forth conversation. But Lamar's deal was specifically very unique. And this is where having an agent, not just to deal with the Ravens, but to know the market as well, right? Like the agent would have already been talking to other teams on behalf of Lamar, not obviously not legally, but like talking to other teams as their job is at the combine. And like, hey, man, like, what if my guy came free? What would you do? Like there would be, and Lamar's not going to have those conversations. He's not calling up, the you know the Dolphins GM, hey man, like hey, how would you feel if I if I was on your team? But that's the agent's job, right? Like there's little nuances of this specific deal that I think would be helpful well, for him to have the agent. He doesn't he doesn't need it for like the money negotiation, in my opinion. That that he could probably do himself. But like the nuances of like negotiating with the Ravens and then other teams at the same time, that's where I think he's missing that component of knowing the market by having someone who's behind the scenes doing those negotiations. I agree. And he's also lost ground for what it matters. And I've argued with, uh, with uh, football media guys about this, that I do think the PR matters that the Ravens are in control of it. And Lamar Jackson could really do a better job of controlling the fact, like you're going to let me walk. 
what that MVP and what I've meant to this city, the way that they that 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 isn't out there as prominently as the Ravens side and the concerns and everything else. That's I think uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like agents I, do a better yeah, job I, I, of, I, of feeding that because if the Ravens absolutely had the sense like the fan base is going to riot if we if if we lose Lamar Jackson, if that pressure is applied to them, I think it does matter. I think most people just feel like it's never actually going to leave, so they're not like actually worried about that all right last last thing i mean i by the way i i didn't tell spaghetti this in advance but bad news eddie spaghetti i told jeff schwartz i was like if we go more than 20 minutes <laughs> you get to punch eddie spaghetti in the gut as hard as you as hard as you want so we went more than 20 minutes i'm sorry about that spaghetti i can't take that i would have put myself in there but it would kill me if he hit me in the gut you understand no, I get it, but I think okay. we got to treat this one. I mean, Jeff, I mean, you guys breaking down college basketball, I did not see that coming. You guys were like experts that, on that. That, that, that is fair, though. That is, <laughs> it, we, we only spent seven minutes on football, so. That was the best fan conversation. We don't know. Who, who knows what's going to be in this wacky tournament? We're just, uh, we're, we're having some fun. If you want to cut that all out, Eddie Spaghetti, and tighten it up, we can go that, <laughs> we can go that direction. Here's the last thing I want from you, Schwartz, for real. Offensive line 101. I, I, for people so they don't seem as pretentious. What is it like? Why do people like you swoon the way you do about Trent Williams? What is it about Zach Martin that your eye sees that makes you go like, oh, oh look at that? I, by the way, I find the weirdly sexualized kind of takes on it. Like, <laughs> oh my God, heart emojis and everything. Like, well, right, I, don't do, I, don't, I don't think I, I do I'm that. Saying, not you. <laughs> I'm not, but you, there are a lot of people like, look at this. This is better than blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, all right, settle down with your weird uh, 300-pound man um, uh, obsession. But anyway, tell me what – so what is it that your eye sees? Is it perfection that no one gets around them? Is it is it as simple as like a figure skater? Well, she didn't fall down, ergo she did well. Um, I think the the, the stuff that – is hard about playing the position, they make look easy. And I think a lot of us look at it and be like, well, we can't do that. Like it just, I think that's part of it. Like you look at it you're like, wow, yep, that looks pretty good. It should look harder than it, you know, than, than it is. Like I think it, it's how 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 easy they make the hard stuff look is the reason why a lot of us are like, whatever you swoon over the what, what you know, whatever word you want to use. Um that that to me is the reason why is because it's hard to play that position, obviously, and they just make it look so easy sometimes. In what sense, um, though? Do you mean like because Aaron Donald proves there are different ways to skin the cat? You know, he is he he is an outlier in a lot of ways. I guess a little like Randy White was way back when because he was quick. That's how he would. That's how he would defeat you, or that's how Aaron Donald. I mean, he's also. Uh, wildly strong. So that's what makes him perhaps the greatest of all time is that he can do it either way. But he was the outlier coming in because he he was going to defeat you with his quicks. Trent Williams and Zach Martin are doing it because they're athletic. Or is it because they're quicker than you were? Oh, well, every, as a, every, for instance, so, are they stronger than you were? It's, it's everything. So um, yeah, I, I've been fortunate to play with a couple of Hall of Famers in my career. Um, so, and so, including Eli Manning, by the way. Um, and I think that some of these guys I played with, and even, and again, there, there's been players I play with that 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 are that are good, that are elite players that are not Hall of Famers, but there's a different level these Hall of Famers play at, and there's no explaining it. Like they're just better than everyone else. 
They're naturally more gifted. Um, they're able to move in ways that other players cannot move. They're able to generate power in ways that other players cannot generate power. They able to place their hands in the right place every single time. Like these guys are able to do things that a lot of us cannot do. Like I, I physically do not move in the same way that Trent Williams moves or Zach. And Martin your moves. eye and your eye tells you that after a series, you could watch a series of a of an offensive lineman no, and be like, uh, that guy's got it. You mean like if I'm watching the college film? Um, yeah. no, I, I need more than that. Um, because you can, you can be, you can be fooled out, uh, for a series or two. Um, cause there's a lot of guys that, um, you know, like I'll give you an example, Tyler Smith, uh, who was drafted by the Cowboys first round last year. He has some incredible film out of Tulsa. Sometimes if you just caught like highlight film of him, you'd be like, Holy heck, this guy's going to be an, an all pro. And he, he had good season, but then you watch the other half of the tape. You're like, Oh, it's a bad technique. I think that's the, the point of watching the entire tape through. Now, I can tell within a half, typically, of watching a college offensive lineman if they're, like, worth sort of my time watching, if they're going to be worth. Like, I I don't really spend my time watching bad offensive linemen. I'm not, I don't have time for that. Um, I try to watch only kind of the, t- the the top of the of the, of the of the class. And I can tell pretty early on if they kind of have it, like have there's a quality of the ability to finish um, is what I look at first. And I go, I go kind of backwards from there. All right. Good. Uh, good. I mean, like I, it, it's just, I, I'm fascinated by it. And I'm trying to think if so there here, is, here's my, is, here's there, my, is there a bigger, is there a bigger gap in big time sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, um, that we all watch. Well, I, not hockey necessarily for everybody. I, by the way, I'm out on hockey now. I don't know if I told everybody that I'm, I'm done with the sport. It's a, it, it's a, it's a sport that's a, Time has come and gone. It's because the mm-hmm. Penguins stink and and maybe not m- might not make the playoffs and it make me very sad. So I have to pull the plug emotionally so I don't have to suffer anymore because I'm already very sad about it. Uh, but is there a bigger is there a bigger gap between what we all look at and don't understand than offensive line play? I think it's number one. It that's a that's a good one. Yeah, that's 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 up there. Um, but everybody has opinions on this line stinks. Like based on what the result? Like we don't, we, you don't know well, who's I mean, to stink also, or in there and all that kind of stuff. The one last thing I'll say on this too is like when the, um, you know the, the uh, Orlando Brown went to the Bengals. I saw a bunch of tweets that were highlighting like the sack numbers between him and Jonah Williams, and it's like, have we got past the point of like sacks being the only way to measure offensive line success? I don't like, know. Uh, I, that's why I that's why I bring it up. Should. I don't know. It seems yeah, like we, that's we, the measure, isn't it? It's not. It's not always the measure. I think mean, it's a big part of it. You should allow less sacks, and most because it has to do with too. whether the quarterback holds onto the ball, think, whether I he think, rolls into the sack yeah, a lot I, of the time. We've gotten we've gotten better at that now. I think of evaluating offensive linemen based solely on sack numbers. Um, but um, yeah, so it's uh, it's it's you know. But again, to me, here's the number one thing, guys. I'll, I'll give you one one tip if you're watching offensive line film. It's does the offensive lineman finish their block it doesn't mean a pancake finish their block right does he finish between himself the pass rusher and the quarterback so does he finish between himself and the quarterback and a a pass blocking rep or does he move the defender further than he wants to move um on, on a run on a run rep and the reason why it's important to watch this is because guys that finish their blocks dave use good technique you cannot finish your block if you use if you use bad technique. You just can't. It, it, you, you, every now and then, possibly, 
But the guys that when you watch the end of the play and they're still kind of like, you know, they're blocking guys, right? They're still kind of in pass pressure. They're in front of their guys. They lock their guys up. doesn't have to be flashy. Not doesn't have to be flashy. But when you watch the tape over and over again and the same guy keeps doing that, it's a good football player. Again, might not be the best football player. Might not be Trent Williams. But that's a guy I would draft on my team. The guy that keeps doing that is the guy I want on my team. Well, I'm over the moon with my pro football team, as I kept telling everybody for the last six months. They don't bring Andy Weidel across the state to see if they can find the fancy pass catcher. Uh, they, they did it because they liked what the Eagles did, loading up at the line of scrimmage. And so here we are. Big line, big moves, Ogan Joby. And I love what Nayher big. He's got I like I, I like he 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 gets that uh he gets that sand in his butt. He really, he really I don't know what I'm talking about, but yes, sand, I, sand it seems like yeah. Right. I like say Amalu because it sounds like he's got, and he brought him over from, from the Vaughn Eagles line and all that. I thought, I thought he would get paid more. I surprised he didn't get paid as, as much. I love it. Oh, they see this is this, he's, this he's, transfers. Yeah. He's, now he's, he's a good player. Keep eight nice and clean. Let him sling it. Najee Harris. I'm excited. You know what? I'm going to say it right now. One last thing before we go. I guarantee you here and now, hear me now, believe me later. Pittsburgh Steelers, AFC North, no worse than second place. That's something. That's something in a division that includes the Bungles. They'll be better than the Ravens. They'll be better than the Bra- than the Brandies, right? Uh, I'll go Chiefs no worse than second place in the AFC West. How about that? Well, so bold. So bold. Uh, <laughs> as always, I, I apologize. I can't help it. I enjoy talking to but, certain people. Right, That's why they keep showing up on our show, because I enjoy kibitzing with them. The problem is I abuse the relationship by going way longer than I ever expect to. But nevertheless, Jeff Schwartz you. is smarter than you. Uh, make sure you check it out. Sounds like he's got a new one coming out for you on Tuesday. And now we go off. We make our list separately, Schwartz. And when we reconvene, you and me, we will have the first people that might, you know, the security at Lake uh, Blue Blood tapping them on the shoulder. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, in. Do Let's your, do it. You have your, you have your membership card? It's Let's remote. do it. I'm in. It's expired. We'll rip it up in front of them and shame oh, them. I love it. Let's do it. Excellent. All right. There he goes, everybody. The great Jeff Schwartz. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
And you know what, Eddie Spaghetti? Here we go, too. Let's take a break. We could talk about the rags demolishing of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but I don't have the stomach for it, don't you see? I'm an old man, and I, I, I'm going to shift into my old man's frame of mind going forward. I don't have time. I only have so many more chances to see the P- Pittsburgh Penguins win a Stanley Cup, and it looks like I'm not going to see it this year. I may not even see him playing in the, in the playoffs. Go, go ahead, Spaghetti. Say one thing about it. Go ahead. Uh, I told you so. And I no, I mean, what I don't want you to do is go into this thing that they shouldn't have signed Malkin and Latang because I told you that's a misread. That's not right. That's not. It doesn't matter about the price they got them for. What matters is their age. And if they don't make the playoffs this year and you don't have the longevity factor, then you guys are going to be in a, a, a real big mess soon if you don't make the playoffs, which may happen, which is why I said this is not me being Penguins hater. This is just me being uh, uh, an objective fan. Look, seeing the, the East and seeing your roster and going, it's probably best to blow this thing up and starts from scratch um, if you're not going to sign those younger free agents and now you're maybe heading down that road which is what I said well the irony is that I mean I did I do disagree with your evaluation of that because I we, we could get into a longer conversation but I don't think anybody cares but uh, I think that I, I hear what you're saying the issue is isn't the it's the Jeff Carter completely fading away and Brian Dumoulin, older guys, heavy contracts that they aren't living up to at this point, that those are the guys who should have been moved on and out in favor of younger guys. Um, but as it is, I, it's the first time I, I, I've ever thought, like, I could see, I've been told by people on the inside, Crosby would never bail on Malkin and Latang, but I could see him being sufficiently PO'd at Ron Hextall and say, like, this is my last couple of years, fellas, and I'm playing at a different level than what the roster you've surrounded me with. Like, I do want out now. I, I think he probably will stay loyal. Um, but um, for the first time, I could see him being like, you know, what are you guys doing? You know, what you know, Lemieux's not the owner anymore, so he's not loyal. doesn't owe him anything either. So downtimes. Let's see if they can turn it around now that they're down four of their top six defensemen. They're making call-ups from uh, from Wilkes-Barre Scranton that uh, are not encouraging or any cause for optimism. Anyway, enough of me flapping my gums. Eddie Spaghetti, Jeff Schwartz, great stuff. Make sure you're checking out everything on the Extra Points Network. We'll be back later in the week with our guy Kevin Hench to break it down even further for you. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.